What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, I'm talking to herbalist and doula Natasha Richardson about how she created her herbal learning program, Listen. Natasha's going to share how she got started creating her program, which is a really cool blend of online marketing and an online program, but also physical deliveries of actual herbs that people can test and experience. So it's a really nice blend. And she shares with us how she started from the very beginning, which is going to be useful for so many of you out there who have a dream to create a program or a product and aren't really sure how to get started. And here's what's really cool is that Natasha is actually a member of our Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Facebook group. And she said she would be happy to go in and chat with you and answer any questions you have and, you know, share some advice and just kind of chat about what we're going to talk about in the interview. So hop on over to the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Facebook group. You can just go in Facebook and type in Wellpreneur and you'll see both my page, but also a group come up and then just click to join that group. And you can come in and chat with Natasha about the episode, which is really awesome. I'd like to do that going forward where I can to have guests come into the Facebook group so we can talk with them and ask them questions about what they've shared in the interview. So we'll kick it off with Natasha here in episode 101. But just before we get into that, I want to share something that totally made my day a couple of weeks ago. I am loving Instagram right now. My username on there is at Wellpreneur. And I usually post about once a day and I'm just really loving the community that's happening over there. So I logged in and looked at my comments and I had a comment from Wellpreneur podcast listener, Laura Haley, and she wrote, I listen to your podcast in the car all the time. So much, in fact, that my daughter renamed her American girl doll, Amanda Cook. (laughs) And that totally made my day. So I wanted to give a big shout out to Jackson Haley who now has an American Girl doll named Amanda Cook, which is just like so cool. That really made my day. And thanks so much for listening. I'm really glad I can be a little part of your life. So that's really awesome. And I'd love to see a picture of her. So feel free to take a picture and tag me so I can see you with your American Girl girl doll too. I think this is so neat about podcasts because, you know, I know that I become part of your life. Like the podcasts I listen to become part of my life. But just to get little glimpses of insight into that, like, where are you listening to the podcast? Are you out walking your dog or you're cooking dinner or you're at the gym? Like, I'd love to see a little glimpse into your life and where you are when you listen to the podcast. So feel free to snap a picture of yourself and post it on Instagram or Facebook. Probably Instagram's a bit better. And tag me. And I'd love to see it. I'll definitely check it out. I'm always checking out any of the comments, I can keep up with those. And also anybody that tags me in a photo, I'll definitely see that as well. So yeah, thanks for letting me be part of your life. And I'd love to to really get a glimpse of that. Okay, the last thing I want to mention is that Marie Forleo's B-School is currently enrolling. 
And I am a B-School alumni and also an affiliate. And so if you're considering taking the B-School program, I've got a few resources that will be interesting to you. I've got a whole episode on how to decide if an online program is right for you. That's episode 55. I've also got a blog post called Is B-School, Will B-School Boost Your Health Coaching Business? I've linked that up in the show notes as well. And I'm offering an awesome bonus just for Wellpreneurs who sign up through my link. And it includes a B-School private tutoring session with me. That's a 50-minute one-on-one session, just you and me, to talk about how you're implementing what you're learning in B-School and to get my advice and support and feedback. We're also going to have a private Facebook group just for Wellpreneur B-Schoolers. It's going to be really awesome. So I'll link that up also in the show notes. You can get to the show notes by just tapping on the picture of the episode on your phone and it will flip over to the show notes. You can also get those on the website. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me. You can ask me a question on Instagram or via the contact form on my website. I'd be happy to chat with you about B-School, my B-School experience or anything you need on that front. Okay, awesome. So let's hop over to our interview today with Natasha Richardson. Hi, Natasha. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Hi, Amanda. It's really nice to be on. Natasha, we've been talking about having you on for an interview for months, like probably almost a year. (laughs) I wanted to bring you to my audience and I'm really glad that we finally were able to make it happen. Yeah, it's really good. And on a sunny day. So that's great. I know. A sunny, very cold day here in London. (laughs) We're both in London, but kind of in different different sides, which in London is like massive. Sometimes I feel like it's faster to go visit my friends back in Paris than it is to see people on the other side of London, really. But (laughs) pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, Natasha is an herbalist and a doula. And why I wanted to have you come on is because, well, as everybody listening knows, I'm really into herbal medicine as well and really believe in spreading that. And one thing I find is that traditionally, herbalism is something that you do one-to-one in person. And so I haven't seen a ton of herbalists coming online. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show, because I think you're a really good example of how you can just get started with your business and really go from scratch to building online products and really growing your email list and taking this subject that so many people think is just like an in-person one-on-one therapy and bringing it online. Well, thank you. (laughs) So why don't you, yeah, why don't you start off and kind of just let us know a little bit about what you do and how you got started with your business. So I qualified probably like seven years ago and I started teaching right from the start because I really enjoy teaching. In fact, when I was at university, I ran a meditation workshop kind of thing that people would come to and, and I would guide people through meditation with plants. And then once I left university, I continued to do that kind of format of having people gather um, in a circle and guide them through a meditation with a plant. And then that turned into doing tea tastings. I don't know if you, you must have done them when you were studying herbal medicine. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. So for people that don't know, you like have a cup of tea and you're guided through paying really close attention to your body as you have this cup of tea so that you can pick up on all the really tiny differences that it's making. And I would guide people through this and do this exercise once a month. But I was having lots of trouble with people being able to attend on a monthly basis and what time of day I should do it and where I should do it and all this kind of palaver. So I decided like there's got to be a way that I can take this idea and make it accessible for people. So it doesn't matter where they are on what time of day they're available. 
And so that kind of eventually turned into this online course that I have called Listen Now, uh, where people get a herb in the post each month and they listen to the guided meditation bit using an audio that they get sent through them, their email. And uh, then they can go online and study it using a PDF document that I put together called a herbal monograph, which is like all the details about a herb on it that I write every month for people. So yeah, it's kind of a one month at a time course. But for me, that's the kind of pace that I need to learn at when when I'm really busy. Mm -hmm. And I think this is so cool. Well, it's a subscription, first of all, which is, you know, when you're thinking about online products, that's really smart because people get into the product and then they want to stay with you. So you, over time, are building up monthly revenue. But what I think is really cool about the Listen product is that it's like a combination of online plus a physical product because you're actually shipping them actual herbs, right? Yeah. And um, I remember when I was telling somebody... I told like a friend of mine, hey, I've got like this course that I do online. It's it's really cool. And then the next week I gave them this package that they would get if they had like subscribed in the post. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize that you have this like lovely stuff that comes with it. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't mention that it's like a physical element. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Because so many online courses are just online and it's so neat to actually get something in the mail. And then I think especially with learning about herbs, you want to have that like real physical connection with it. Like you want to experience it and see what it does in your body. And so that's so cool that they just get a surprise herb every month to get to try. Yeah, that's it. I just think, how can you learn herbs from a book? It doesn't make any sense to me. Totally. You have to go out and talk to the plants, right? Yeah. <laughs> it has to be like some sort of contact with nature. Totally. Okay. So take us back because wasn't it about a year ago you were starting Listen? Yeah. So I started Listen around about springtime last year. And before that, I would, and what I still do now actually, is I take patients like one-to-one as well. And I do teach people like courses face-to-face as well as doing guided walks around London and now into Kent. I take people around and look at the herbs that are there. Um, Roughly once a month seems to be the amount that works for me. So your business now is still the one-on-one in person and then the walks. So like the little group person, group programs in person. And then listen is like your big, your push more for online, like a more scalable program. Yeah. There's so many prongs to the business. I sometimes forget all the things I do. So take us back. Cause I remember when you were first starting listen and whenever you have this idea, like you were super passionate about, about launching this home study herb learning course, but it feels like there's so many moving parts and it feels like just almost like it's this massive mountain you have to overcome. So there are people out there listening that maybe they're not going to start something totally similar, but have this idea (laughs) that they want to create. What did you do to get started and start to get traction online and to get your first sales? Wow. I already had some people on a mailing list because I'd already been teaching in person to people. So when I came forwards with Listen... It was also, now I think about it, it was also around the same time that I was launching my new website at the time. And running up to this website launch, I had been working with three other friends of mine. I'd like managed to rope these friends of mine into writing a blog with me every month so that we, without me having to like do too much work, we had a new blog going out every week. And it took so long to sort out the website that I had this like backlog of like seven months worth of blogs 
that were just sitting there doing nothing because the website hadn't gone live yet. And so I like was building up a mailing list and sending these people the blog articles before I had the website. So they were kind of like exclusive members who were getting this like content. And so it was growing organically before I even had a website. Mm -hmm. I was already on Facebook and Twitter and that with these blog articles, but they were only available to people who were on my mailing list at that point. Mm -hmm. And when you started out, you had a few hundred people on your email list. Yeah. When I launched Listen, I had 300 Mm-hmm. And I had been building up to that 300 over the course of like five years or something with where I wasn't really paying in any effort at all. I was just like sporadically being like, yeah, I could take down your email address and not really thinking about it. <laughs> and then I think about that time because you really got serious about your list building about when you were launching that. Because I think you took B-School and then as part of that, you did my first 100, at the time I had a list building course that you took. And then yeah. you really kicked it up because it kind of coincided with when you were going to launch Listen. Yeah, it did. So like I had the website going live, the mailing list was building, and then I did B-School and it kind of really fine-tuned everything. And then finishing B-School went onto your list building course and managed to use that to like bump me up. I think I finished doing that the first time and I implemented it and used it and it bumped up my mailing list by about 150 people in 24 hours. Woohoo! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I don't think I knew that actually. Yeah, that was the very first time I implemented that course. That's, That's the result that I got the first time. The second time it went up by 348 hours and yesterday I reached my thousand mark. I know. That's so exciting. I just saw that. (laughs) I wanted to talk to you about that too. So basically in about nine months, you hit a thousand subscribers, which honestly, like that is totally, I think that's like, that's a really realistic thing that people could expect. Like if they, if you start building your list now, you can hit a thousand definitely within a year. Like, what do you think were the key things that you did to build your list? Okay, so my like key thing that I found really works is that I join Facebook groups that I think will be applicable to my area. So for me, I'm a part of loads of groups that are to do with foraging or gardening or uh, what's the other one? Permaculture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm like a part of maybe I showed a friend today, you have to scroll down my page three, like has to load up three times to get through all the groups I'm a part of. <laughs> She was like, what is this? It's a good idea. So yeah, I'm a part of loads of groups that are applicable for my area. And then I join them with like three or six months in advance sometimes of promoting a free ebook. And I become an active member of the group so that by the time that I want to like promote something that's a benefit to me directly, they know by then that I have content that is actually valuable, not just rubbish. And so they're very welcoming of it and very supportive of it as well. And so by being part of those groups, I have, yeah, they're where all those those hundreds come from in a short space of time. So just to break that down a little bit, so you're basically finding places where your ideal customer hangs out. So in your case, it's Facebook groups, like specifically targeted Facebook groups, and then going in and adding value for a while before you ask for something. And the ask is to get them to opt into your list for something free, right? Exactly. Yeah. So far, it's always been an ebook, but it could be, it could be any kind of thing, I suppose. 
Talk to us a little bit, because I'm just thinking from the perspective of people listening and they're like people just getting started and wanting to launch something online and just feeling like they don't really have a big audience yet. How did you find those first customers for Listen? I think like the main thing to remember is that you do already know hundreds of people. You just haven't ever thought to contact them randomly about something (laughs) that you want to talk about. And you haven't realized that maybe some of those people you haven't even spoken to for years are interested in the same things as you are now. So one of the major things that I did was I just emailed everybody that I'd ever contacted on my email account. This has got to be probably the only kind of like potentially spammy thing that I did was that in those initial phases, I just sent out an email to everybody that I'd ever been in contact with and was just like, I'm setting up a, up, up this new website. It's going to have loads of really nice content on about this, this and this. If you want to be kept up to date, just let me know because I can add you to the mailing list. Yeah. I mean, in general, like in general, as you know, we want to be emailing people that have opted in, but I think it's totally legit in the beginning to send that one email to friends and family and everybody, friends of friends, anybody you know, and just let them know what you're up to and give them the chance to hop over and and join your list. Because why not? I think when you've already got people that know you, they're not going to think you're scammy. So yeah, and you're not sending it to complete strangers. Like it's different when you, when it's somebody you've come into contact with. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of tell us about the evolution of Listen. How did you get the first one up and out the door and how's it grown? So the first one, the packaging has got to be one of the big things that's really like changed over the years, uh, over the months rather. And I remember when I first started it, the packaging was like, oh, I remember it. So I was just like putting together, using packaging that I already had for products that were in the house for me doing herbal medicine. So I was like putting together all these things and I was... I have like multiple elements. So there's a bag of the tea, there's an envelope with instructions in, and there's a pre-prepared, like pre-filled tea bag so that when they go into the package for the first time, they can't tell what herb it is that they're going to be tasting. So when they taste it, it's completely blind. Um, So it's like this mystery element to it. And it took me so long to figure out how to maintain the mystery of the plant whilst also trying to keep people engaged on social media. And that was actually something that I ended up coming to you for help with at one point, remember? Yeah, no, tell us about that a little bit. <laughs> so I wanted people for it to be a complete surprise, what it is, but I also wanted people to have a conversation about their experience with the herb after they'd done their tea taste um, exercise. So originally, I sent out the herb, and for starters, the packaging wasn't, designed as well as it is now so there was there's a window in the packaging for the tea and I was like oh this this isn't great like I need to cover up this window somehow and I used to just like stick a piece of paper on top of it (laughs) (laughs) and then one time I stuck a piece of paper on top of it and then I wrote on it no peeking like hand wrote on every single one of these no peeking and then the second time I tried shoving a piece of paper inside and what happened was bits of herb would then like float over on top of the, the paper whilst it was moving around on the way to people. So that didn't work. <laughs> and then by the time I figured out that you can just buy bags that don't have windows in, <laughs> I'd also had to overcome like this issue with Facebook groups. So I was obviously I'm a fan of Facebook groups. And so I thought, I'll start a Facebook group for people to talk to each other in. 
And um, lo and behold, it didn't take very long for this to happen. And I should have really foreseen it. I was like, hey, everybody, now that you've had your herb, please feel free to tell me about your experience by leaving it in like the comments. And within a day, somebody had revealed the name of the herb and somebody hadn't done it yet. Mm -hmm. And I thought it will be fine so long as I make clear in the instructions, don't come to the Facebook group until you've done your exercise. So the idea was that they already had clear instructions. Don't come to the Facebook group unless you've done the tea tasting first. But I didn't realize this. Some people have their Facebook set up so that they get emails with every single thing that comes up on their Facebook feed. And I so, mean, that sounds like my worst nightmare, just as an aside. <laughs> yeah. So many emails, but yes. Okay, continue. I can't think of anything worse either. <laughs> and I was just like, what? So this person was like, oh, you've ruined it now. I know what the herb is. What, you know, what am I supposed to do? And so I ended up giving him the next month for free and never use the Facebook group again. (laughs) I think that's a really good story because it brings back to the point that sometimes you just need to get it out there and try it. Like you can't possibly think through every single thing that could go wrong. I mean, if you did, you'd never ship anything. And so like the packaging wasn't perfect. Like the Facebook group didn't really work, but you tried it and then you get feedback and then you improve it and just keep improving until it gets to the point where it's like a polished, a really polished product like it is now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what though, that person that complained about the surprise being ruined, he's my best customer. Totally. Cause he, I mean, he feels like you've really responded to him, right? And you took care of his problem. You made it better. So they absolutely. I changed the whole design of the way that they communicate about it because he had that problem and he's continued to help me develop with it ever after. And actually he even came to one of my herb walks out in Kent once. So I've met this guy face to face, which is really nice. So I think the moral of that story is like, don't worry if something goes wrong. Like things will go wrong and things won't be perfect. And actually customers are a lot more forgiving than than you assume they'll be. We kind of assume everyone's going to just like skewer us online and we're going to be totally demonized. But I think people realize you're a person as long as you genuinely try to help them and make the situation better. Most people are really understanding. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I work with another herbalist in Faversham and she sometimes forgets things. And I think I learned that from her. Like some of her customers, they kind of enjoy thinking that she's going to forget something or something. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I know you probably forget to send it. So why don't I give you a ring? And like, (laughs) it's like part of their good relationship is that, I don't know, maybe like in the patient customer kind of relationship, maybe the patient feels like they have an element of like power because they can get one up on you because they're better organized than you are. (laughs) I don't know if this is, okay, I don't know if this is the approach we should take in our marketing, but. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So one of the things that we've recently been working on is creating a new opt-in gift for you, or I guess it's repurposing some content that you had before to really start to grow listen. So to expand it beyond just the people you've got in it right now and really start to build like an online marketing funnel to bring new people in through an opt-in gift and then nurture them and then upsell them into the program. Could you talk a little bit about what you've been doing there? Yeah, so I recently posted an opt-in for an ebook, which is a guide to making your own medicines. And the idea is that it really simplifies medicine making because 
it is simple and we have a tendency to overcomplicate it. Can I just say to everybody to just clarify it? Because to me, like that makes perfect sense. You've got this guide about medicine making and then it sells your course about medicine making, right? But let's just be honest. You do lots more than just teach medicine making, right? I think like most people listening, you have lots of different interests. Like you're a doula and you believe in antenatal support and you run, well, you can say like lots of support around women's health and hormones and things like that, right? Yeah, I think I would go crazy if I literally just did courses on how to make medicine all the time. So what's interesting about this and the reason I'm kind of poking into this point is because that opt-in makes perfect sense for that product. Like it's a guide to make medicine and then it's a course on how to make medicine. But I remember as we were going through this discussion about like, what should your next opt-in be? It's not like that was so obvious, right? Didn't you have a lot of thinking about all these different parts of your business and where did you actually want to be driving people to your list from? Yeah, it was quite difficult because in herbal medicine and with the course, listen, I knew that I was going to be talking about lots of different herbs for lots of different problems. So where normally maybe I would think about the content of the course being that people wanted to learn about a herb for a certain problem, I couldn't really like hone in on anything in specific in that way. But I started to do more interviews with people and draw my experience with talking to people in, I used to work for a company called Neil's Yard Remedies, which you are very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I, through that, I probably have like seven years of sales research, I guess, because I'm constantly talking to the people who are interested in learning about herbs. And so through drawing on all of that, I kind of realized that people who are going to want to learn about herbs want to know how to use them. Totally. And when you Google that online, because I know because I've done it because I'm into into herbs. Sorry, I'm going to apologize to all the listeners. Sometimes I say herbs like American and sometimes I say herbs like British. Ah, <laughs> so see, I don't even pick up on it. It's really <laughs> bad. I usually, I should say herbs because I'm American, but sometimes I slip up, especially when I'm talking to you, Natasha. So, uh, Well, that's a sign of intelligence when you change the way that you speak to meet, match the person that you're speaking to. Oh, is it? It's like my yeah. empathy or something. Thing, like, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. That's all right. <laughs> but if you Google like how to make herbal remedies, oh my gosh, it's totally overwhelming. And so I think people that are interested in that, the reason your opt-in is really effective and converts really well is because you like synthesize everything into a nice convenient PDF guide for them. So they don't have to search all over the place. Yeah. And I, I had some people feedback in the last like 24 hours where I was talking about the book more in Facebook and stuff that people were like, so it's only 10 pages long. And I was like, yeah, it's only 10 pages long. <laughs> like this is a selling point. This is not a drawback. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing was the person that had said that was a naturopath herself. And when I said, well, yeah, it's just, a, it's like a simple guide to make it so easy for people to actually do rather than you read it and you kind of, you understand it in principle, but it's far too scary to actually do anything about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I get that. Totally. So I'm going to, that guide is awesome. And just as a total aside, if anybody's interested in like how to make herbal medicine, I'll link that up in the show notes so that people can go download that if they want it. Cause it's really, it's really beautiful. Well done. Oh, thank you. That'd be great. <laughs> so when you were just getting started and putting out listen for the first time and thinking about going online, what was going through your mind? Did you have, were you scared about doing that or were you sure it was going to work? Like, how are you feeling about that? I'm never sure that anything's going to work of anything that I do. But what kind of happens with me is 
I get very frustrated when things aren't happening and I'm just thinking about something and it never actually happens in reality. So for me, it's very important that I just get on with it and see what happens as a result because you cannot predict the future, you know, with any, whether it's a small project or or a big one, you can't tell what's going to happen until you start doing it. So I take the, I don't know if I've got this off one of your podcasts, actually. I think it might have been off um, the original one I listened to with uh, Melanie St. Orr. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, ooh, I don't remember the episode number, but Melanie St. Orr's, yeah, she's an herbalist in the US. Yeah, so that kind of was life-changing, <laughs> that single podcast. And from that, I think she said on there to just approach everything like it's an experiment. And I've just been like, that's just lifts so much pressure off you whenever you do something to just think, well, this is an experiment because it is like, when do you ever do something? You're like, this is the only time I'm going to do it. And it's either success or it's not a success. And I'm never going to try it again. (laughs) Totally. We put these crazy like rules in place and all this pressure on ourselves. And it really, if you just decide, I say all the time, like, just be a detective, just be curious about it. Like, don't put all your pressure on yourself about what it needs to become. Just like, try it, Mm -hmm. go out there, look, see what's around, try something. And it really, I think, frees you up to probably be a bit more bold and just go for it than you would otherwise. Yeah, definitely. If you have already in your mind, like, if the worst that can happen is I'm back where I started, then fine. You've actually got nothing to lose if that's the worst that can happen. Totally. So you must hit points though, where even though you're just trying it and it's an experiment, you hit some resistance. Like you just start to think, oh, this is too hard, or you just start procrastinating or whatever your you know unique form of resistance is. And <laughs> I'm always curious how people, because everyone's different about this, like how do you get over it and keep moving forward when you're feeling resistance? I think about like the last thing that I would have like felt resi- real resistance over, because I have, I would probably say I'm kind of, bizarre in that I keep tumbling forwards with stuff. So even if I feel like this is an awful idea, I'm quite likely that I'll just keep doing it anyway. And then just be like, oh no, no, this definitely isn't working. Like it would take me quite some time because I have so much momentum to catch up with myself and reflect and think, actually, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. (laughs) So I had like quite a good example is I had the website and the website that took nine months to develop and launch. By the time that I launched it, I wanted to do something different. And so because I had spent £2,000 on having my website made, I sat on it for like six months and just like tried to get it to work and tried to make some things change about it. And, And I just sat looking at it, just kind of disappointed for six months before going... Because I need to do something about this. And, and that was why over Christmas, I changed, I dropped the website. I was just like, don't think about how much money you've invested in this. I dropped the website completely, moved on to Squarespace. And now I manage the whole thing myself from Squarespace. Mm-hmm. That was like massively fast action. Because you just suddenly, you were like, I saw a post and you were like, I'm redoing my website. And then suddenly there was this new website launched. Like that was awesome. Well, I had like a, head start because I done I got married last year and I did my wedding website on there and then I did somebody else's website on that so I knew how Squarespace worked and like just like everything else I'm just like I'm gonna do it as an experiment to see whether it works so I started uploading all my content and I was like yeah this is really easy and 
I'm able to do this quite quickly. And I just did a example of everything I wanted to do. Like I uploaded a podcast, I put in one blog, I put in the normal about pages and stuff just to test ride that it would work. And within 12 hours, I'd figured out that everything that I wanted it to do, it did do. And within 24 hours, I put the whole website over onto it. That's amazing. I think people get really stuck on website projects. And like you've shown, like you do not need a website to get going and to grow your email list and even to make sales. Like a website, especially in the beginning, I wouldn't recommend paying a lot for a website because you're not super targeted when you're starting out. And I think, you know, once you've started working with clients and made some sales and really been able to niche down into what you're really doing, then it might make sense to pay for a totally custom website. But until then, it's just, it's kind of like a distraction from what you really need to be doing. Oh, yeah. You could spend ages mulling over your website because I think that it's almost like deciding what you're going to wear at the beginning of the day, like because it's how you present yourself to the world. Your website is is like front of shop or something if you had an actual shop. And so people get really hung up on it. But actually, without being too much of a downer, like when you first start out, who realistically knows about this website? <laughs> yes. Thank you for saying that. Because I say this all the time and I feel like it's almost like a bit rude to say that. But honestly, when you first start your blog, like people get super hung up on, oh my God, should I launch my blog if I only have two posts? Like, isn't everyone going to think that's stupid? Shouldn't I have 10 posts? Like nobody's reading it. (laughs) It's just the harsh truth and it doesn't matter. And if you just put out content, pretty soon you'll have 10 posts and you'll never ever think about this issue again. Yeah, I think that it's so easy with digital information Maybe because like it's not an organic thing, you can't actually see it aging in any way. So there's no kind of, it's difficult for you to get any kind of age concept with a digital thing. So it's difficult for people to visit a website and be like, oh, this must have been here for 20 years. Like you never get that. So people don't understand that it's taken so long to get a website the way that it looks. Mm -hmm. And at the end, and it'll end up looking brand new, which is... Yeah, it's kind of like a paradox, I guess. So before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit about email list because the fact that you just hit a thousand subscribers last night, which is awesome. (laughs) And you were, I don't know, can you talk to us a bit about the difference, like how you feel different between when your list was really small and now in terms of, I don't know, you were saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels like less pressure now almost to email your list. Yeah, my friend asked me the question. She was like, oh my God, you've got a thousand subscribers. Are you... Are you scared about sending your newsletter out next Monday? It's going to go to a thousand people. And I was like, mm, I don't know, not really. Because <laughs> like the more people there is, the less hung up you are about people not liking it. Because if one, I said to her, like at the beginning, if, if I, when I had like 20 people or something following, if one person had left, I'd be like, oh my God, like what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. But now, if like three people could leave on Monday, in fact, hell, like let's say 50 people unsubscribed on Monday because all they wanted was my, well, their free ebook. And then they were like, oh no, I'm not really into, into this, which would be quite remarkable if that was the case. But yeah, if that happened, I'd just be like, oh, well, I guess they're not the kind of people that want to buy stuff from me. Yeah. I think in the beginning, I've said this before on the show, but when I first got my email list, I had the alert set up 
so that like it would alert me every time I had a new subscriber, but it would also email me every time somebody unsubscribed. And yeah. it was like this emotional roller coaster that I did not need. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I'd put out my blog post and like nobody was reading, like 10 people were reading or something, including my mom. And then somebody would subscribe and I'd be like, yes, this is going to work. And then someone would unsubscribe and I would just be like so depressed for a couple of hours after that. Yeah. And I finally got advice from somebody else and they were like, don't do that. That's crazy. Like I, for some reason I felt like monitoring my statistics like that was helpful and it's not. And as your list grows, which it will, if you just take action, you just realize, you know what? Like, just like you said, Natasha, if they're unsubscribing, they don't want to be there anyway. They're not the right people. So you just let them go. Like, it's all right. I had the same attitude with boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not into me, then why would I want to be with you? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Let's see. What else was I going to ask you? Oh, right. You also said something that as your list was growing, you're getting more engagement too. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of just makes sense that if there's like a small percentage of your, your mailing list that always talk to you, the more people there are, the more people that end up talking to you. So it's nice. I feel like people are engaging more with the content and people understand, I don't know why, but I feel like people get that I'm actually a person that's sending emails. And so within probably like the last three months, I really noticed that people would send me replies and being like, just simple stuff like, oh, I really enjoyed the recipe this week or something. Like just simple things. I wonder if actually I contributed to that by putting in the odd post when I got married I like told everybody just so you know we missed a newsletter last week because I got married (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the engagement of that was really nice it was really nice loads of people said congratulations and yeah it was really good because in amongst those congratulations was compliments for just how much they were enjoying the content outside of my personal life (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I think also it's like over time, you find your voice more too. So the way that you're writing now, okay, yes, your list is bigger, but you're probably also writing more authentically to you. Like you're, you're writing more like you're talking. So you do feel like a real person to them. Yeah, probably. I, I'm probably getting more laid back about the way that I write the emails where before I would have written them like I was writing to the queen or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, Hi. <laughs> So if you were to go back and talk to Natasha a year ago and give yourself some advice, what would it be? Don't pay £2,000 for a website. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I wanted to find out from you just because it's fun is what's your favorite herbal remedy? Oh, okay. So something that somebody can prepare rather than like a favorite herb. Yeah. Something somebody listening can do at home. Well, probably my favorite is... Well, it's a classic. It's half lemon, honey. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It's like, it's so simple. Half lemon, honey. And maybe like, I might put a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar in now. Uh, Since I went to America, where they like sell these things called switchels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's cool. So yeah, like at the moment, because it's still, we're still not clear of cold and flu season, let's face it. I'm still having like half a lemon, teaspoon of honey, and just a little bit of apple cider vinegar. And if with you want it really... Water. With hot yeah. water. Yeah. yeah, with hot water. Yeah, yeah, sorry. With hot water. Oh, like, see. Oh. My head has hot water with it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, 
half a lemon, teaspoon of honey, and a shot of whiskey with top water, with hot water, (laughs) which is one of my favorite little cold remedies, like, which is a little hot toddy, right? Which is so traditional, like English, what you would have if you were, you know, your mom would give you a hot toddy and tuck you in bed or something. Now, my mom didn't do this because I grew up in America, but apparently this is like a thing people do. And it actually like really works if you're feeling under the weather. It really, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it raises your if you think about just having alcohol makes you hot anyway, then yeah, having a little bit of whiskey in with all these vitamin C, antiviral things, it just makes sense that you would get really warm and then the virus would not want to be in your body anymore. Mm. So not so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you. So if people want to learn more about you and what you do or get in touch with you, where should they go to learn more? So if you want to learn about herbal medicine stuff, and if you want to even just read about nutrition and yoga, and we even have some articles about doing a ritual every month, like to live in the season, then uh, foragebotanicals.co.uk is the place to go. And if I said that too quick, I guess we'll just have to put a link in the thing. I'll link it up. No worries. Yep. <laughs> People have no idea what I'm saying a lot of times about Forage Botanicals. To be honest, every time I have a British guest on, I get a few emails and people are like, they sounded lovely, but I couldn't understand what they were saying. (laughs) (laughs) So I apologize to my American guests who I know I have guests on from all over the world. So we just try to do our best. (laughs) My husband is from LA, so I should have acclimatized like some sort of, I don't know. Is your husband American? I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's from Los Angeles. That's why I say Los Angeles and not Los Angeles. Oh, right. Yeah. We're everywhere, the Americans. (laughs) I know. You guys, you're the... Oh, I won't swear. (laughs) Okay, so we'll link up your website, Forage Botanicals. I'll link up your... Also, your ebook, because I think that'll be really interesting for people. And then, listen, is that only available in the UK right now? No, I will send it anywhere that they'll let me. Awesome. Okay. I'll link up, (laughs) listen to. So thank you so much, Natasha. And for everybody listening, I'd like to do a thing where in the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Facebook group, our open Facebook group, sometimes we can chat with the guests. So Natasha, if you're up for it, I'd love to have you like be in the Facebook group too. So you can answer some questions or just chat with people that have heard the interview. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I'm really very proud of my, my new nickname now of Mini Amanda. Is it <laughs> mini Amanda? Wow, that you know, I never thought I would have a mini me. I've reached like a new <laughs> milestone in life. <laughs> my husband walked in one day and I turned around and I had this massive grin on my face, and he was like, What is wrong with you? And I was like, Somebody just called me Mini Amanda. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Cool. Thank you so much. It's been great fun having you on the podcast and um, I'll send some people your way so we can all learn about herbal remedies. Great. Yeah. Well, I'm always sending people your way. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Natasha. so much for joining us for this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. Now, don't forget that Natasha's offered to chat with us in the Facebook group about anything we covered in this interview. So definitely come over to the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Facebook group, and we can talk with Natasha this week, which will just be really great. Also, I'd love to see a glimpse into your life and where you are when you're listening to the podcast. So snap a photo of yourself listening to the podcast, 
and share it with me on Instagram and just tag me at Wellpreneur and I'll definitely take a look at it. So thanks so much for listening this week and I will see you back here next week with the next episode.